Ephesians chapter 4, 12 to 16. Please follow in the reading of the word of God. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to a measure of stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body is being fitted and held together by every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body to building up of itself in love. Father, uh, we are here for you, to see you, to hear you, to seek you. And as Paul says here, to, to grow in the fullness of Jesus Christ, who is the head. So help us, Lord, to hear this. Help us to understand. Help us to grow. Christ's name, strengthen us. Amen. All right, we're in a new part. We just came out of verse 11, and it sets the stage for what we have in verse 12. Those of you who know me and have known me for any length of time know that I am committed to the systematic teaching of the Word of God, verse upon verse, line upon line. Uh, I do not take abstract views. Uh, I teach what is said in the book. When I read this text here, I understand that it has foundational concepts to it. I actually would say with great confidence that verses 12 to 16 is the heart of the whole of ministry. Okay, now listen, I'm not saying it's the heart of the gospel. It is the heart of the whole of the ministry. Some of you have been around long enough to hear me quote this text over and over, but I want to give you the context of this because I want you to hear these words because this in Colossians 1, 28 and 29 is the foundation of what Paul is telling us in verse 12 of chapter 4 of Ephesians. All right? But the context, let me give you the context first. Now I rejoice, verse 24, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh. I do not share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction. Of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints to whom 
God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In verses 28 and 29, we proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose, I also labor, striving according to his power that mightily works within me. When I became a pastor, that text was set before me in its context. Understanding to whom God will to make known what are the riches of his glory of this ministry among Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. But then I look at verse 28. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Okay, you know what the word complete is in the original text? Perfect. Perfect in Christ. Lacking nothing. Perfect in Christ. But yet the Apostle Paul understands in verse 29, I, this purpose to proclaim and admonish with all wisdom to present every man complete, perfect in Christ is going to take him to labor and strive. It's two words there. Labor is to work to exhaustion and sweating. Striving has to do with a veterinary term that has to do when you had a workhorse and you strain its muscle. So Paul said, I understand that the power that works within me is the spirit of the living God. But I also know that I am the container that must labor, that must strive. Because think about what he just said that the task is. To proclaim, to admonish in all wisdom, to present every man perfect in Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a task. When I read that, I understood that what I was being assigned at the time is that I have to count myself to perfecting the saints. For 25 years, well, actually plus, I taught some Sunday school classes. That has been my goal, is to present everyone perfect in Christ. Ministering the word to build up the saints is what he says in Ephesians 4.12. Everything else will happen if you just give them the word. Give them the word. It'll change them. Go read Psalm 19. He contrasts the movement of creation as all of the celestial bodies move from this point. Every star, every universe, every solar system, every galaxy is moving this way. Does not compare to the greatness of what the word of God does. Because it only perfects the soul. 
Everything else will happen as he says there, equipping the saints, verse 12, for the work of service or the work of ministry. If you want to build up the body of Christ, okay, you know what that means, right? Do you want to see the church grow? Simple question. Then there's only one way to do it. There's only one way to do it. The, you have to build up the body. Then the saints have to do the work of ministry. You know who the saints are? You guys. It's up to you to do the service. It's up to me to strengthen you in the word of God so that you are capable for the work of service. If the saints are going to do that, then they have to be strengthened. They have to be perfected. I liken it to a computer system. You had an old operating system that has been replaced by a new operating system. And I need to tell you how to activate the apps so that you operate them. You don't do it in your strength. You do it in the power of the Holy Spirit under your understanding of who God is. Be strengthened and, or perfected. Listen, brothers and sisters, you got to come out of verse 11. What did verse 11, what's the last part there? Teaching pastors. Teaching pastors. That is... God has given to the body of Christ gifted men. I shared with you this last week. For the foundation of the church in 120, that was the foundation. Who was that? The apostles and prophets. They were the foundation. Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. After the foundation is laid, he gave gifted men to evangelize. He gave gifted men to be pastor teachers. If you go look at the ministries that this church supports, do you see why we do it? It's biblical. <laughs> God said, invest in those who invest in those. If you look at it, Olford Ministry does what? Teaches young men how to preach. Legionnaire does what? Strengthens the chaplains in the military so that the men and women who are in the front line can understand their God. Pastor Philip, what does he do? He teaches teachers to evangelize and to strengthen the church. If you look at the guys that we support in Russia, what do they do? They replicate what we have poured into them over the five years that I was there face to face. Same thing with Belarus. What are we doing in Azerbaijan? I went, first time I went to Azerbaijan, the guy told me, he says, I want you to know something. You're going to be teaching every pastor in the country. And I thought, oh, geez. All right. 23 of them. 
And yet, I'm watching those guys, and they're replicating. What are we doing in Georgia? Same thing. Same thing. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? That's how it's done. That's why we do what we do. When people tell me, or have told me, that we need to cut back on our missions, do you understand why I cannot abide by that? I mean, if my passion comes out of Colossians 1, 28 and 29, how can I in good conscience say, well, I won't invest in men who are replicating? Do you understand that? That is who I am. That is who God set me in this place for. It is a man to rightly divide truth. And yet, sometimes work to exhaustion. But in verse 11, he sets the stage for it. And then you see the stage is set that these evangelists and pastor teachers will equip the saints for the work of service, building up the body of Christ. You know, I was thinking back as I have gone back to this text over and over And I thought, you know, I have been the senior pastor for 20, 25 years. And I remember early in my ministry, probably the first 15, probably right around there, I was teaching five times a week. Five times a week. And I still believe that that is the single most important thing for the body of Christ. Because you know what? That's how we're strengthened. You can't fight this fight if you're weak. That is how we are made mature. That is how we are perfected. That is how we are fully equipped. That is how we are made... uh, Spiritual adults. Spiritual adults. Because the spiritual adult will do the work of the ministry. And the church will be built up. Brothers and sisters, that's God's plan. That's God's pattern. That's God's design. That's how God said, I'm going to do it. Listen, I know it works. Look at the ministries we have. I can also go back through the history of this church. And I think about, you know, that book that you guys give me with all them pictures. And I look at a lot of those people. Hey, some of them fell on hard times. Some of them hit in a ditch. And you know what? We always look at those. Well, look at that. I can't believe they ended up divorced. That person there, I don't know what they're doing. You know what? But what about the guy who's teaching at Tyndale in the Netherlands? What about that one? What about the guys that we trained up as elders who are elders in other churches? What about those guys? Huh? See, it's easy for us to look at the, well, that person fell. You know what? Look at the parable of the soils. All right? It's, it's, why do you think the Apostle Paul says, I labor and I strive? 
Why? Because this isn't as much fun as I thought it was going to be. I want us to understand that it is only by strengthening will you and I be able to do the work of the ministry. There is no plan B. That's God's design. Each one of us is involved. If you are a believer, you are involved. And this is foundational for what is the church. Okay, now that, that verse 12, for the building up of the body, for the equipping of the saints, it, it, it literally has to do with perfecting them so that they are capable. I remember early when I first started attending this church, and if you got saved, they wanted to make you a Sunday school teacher. And the, the mindset behind it was, well, if you were a Sunday school teacher, then that means you would have to read the curriculum and read your Bible. And I remember sitting in some Sunday school classes. I wasn't a Sunday school teacher. And I was watching these guys, and they were a paragraph ahead of me. And that's all it was. And, of course, there's, there's was the teacher edition, so it had the answers. And I thought, that's spooky. Because they're not convinced of that. They're just reading it a little bit ahead of us. And yet, that was the normal operating procedure for the church to get people to grow is to make them Sunday school teachers. And then I look at the condition of the church today and I said, yep, I see where they did that. Yet, each one of us is responsible for this. If you look at that verse 12 and you go on with it, it's kind of, it's really cool actually. If you look at verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service as to building up the body of Christ. Do you realize that with that phrase, everything from then on is a result of that? And it comes from the fact that he was the victorious conqueror, gave gifts to everybody and gifted men for the purpose of building up the church for the work of ministry. When the saints are perfected, they will do the work of the ministry. They will do the work of service. You know, you, you hear the term and it's thrown around in the church. That's the minister. Okay. Well, the truth of the matter is, if you're a believer... You are a minister. You don't hear that a lot, do you? When they do the work of ministry, then the body is what? Built up. When the body is built up because everybody's doing the work of ministry, because they've been strengthened by these gifted men, then comes the unity of the faith. Then comes the knowledge of the Son of God. Why? Because there's a unity of faith that comes from being built up, strengthened by men of God Gifted in teaching and shepherding. 
then will come the perfect man in the fullness of Christ. See how it works? Now, I want to ask you a question. Where are you in that slot? And guess what? When you have reached the perfect man in the fullness of Christ, you know what is totally awesome about it? You are no longer tossed to and fro like a child. You do not fall into schemes. You do not fall into deception. Some of you have stumbled in that stuff. You get tricked. You know what I can tell you? With all the love I can muster, you've not been built up to the fullness of Christ. You don't understand it. In verse 15, they will speak the truth in love. People get on me because sometimes I'll use illustrations of men that I have talked and they'll say, well, you seem like you're a little harsh on them. Listen, if you are in leadership, okay, and you profess that you've been placed into leadership, which means that you are ruling people. And if you are in error or you have not read or you do not adhere to the counsel of God, I'm in your face. If you are young in the faith, there are people will tell you that I am the most gentle thing that you've ever seen. You can't even believe that they're the same guy. But there's a difference. If a guy's in leadership and he's teaching error, it is absolutely loving to confront the error. If a person is in error just because they're young in Christ, then walk with them. Walk with them and explain it and show them. Because, see, I get people who say, well, I think I want to teach. Well, that's fine. But will you walk? Because if you're not willing to walk, I don't want you teaching. Because if you're walking, then that means what you're teaching, you have confidence in. That's the difference that's going on in our societies today. If I speak the truth in love, then I will grow up into him. And then verse 16 says that the whole body being fitted and held together, building up itself in love, it will continue to build on itself. But I want you to understand something. It's all dependent on verse 12. All dependent on verse 12. Equipping the saints for the work of service. I already showed you. How do I equip the saints? Admonishing? Encouraging? And what? The Word of God. The Word of God. Paul told young Timothy, show yourself a worker approved. What? Rightly dividing truth. How are you a worker approved? I handle the Bible. I handle it rightly. And I don't understand why it's so difficult because it was written to be handled rightly, very simply. But a lot of people have what they call eisegetics. I come up with a brilliant idea. Let me go find some verses to validate it. 
That's dangerous. That's why I teach systematically through it. Because I can't add to or take away from. Context is king. The perfecting of the saints is the issue that is in the church. And that is probably here in Castle Rock, it is one of the greatest issues that is missing. But I see it across the United States. Most churches have people in the pews. If I can get enough people in the pews with music and skits and maybe a little smoke thing and who knows. I get a couple of these things here. Then I get more people in here than I can hire ministers. That'll take care of me. And I told you this last week. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It costs Christ everything. Guess what it costs you? Okay. Remember what he said? Follow me. Deny yourself and take up your cross. Yeah. Wait a minute. What does it mean to deny myself? I'll let you think about that. That's not deep theology. And I can tell you taking up your cross, when you told a bunch of Jews in Israel at that time, what they're saying is take up the instrument of your crucifixion, of your execution, and carry it. These gifted men are given to the church for the perfecting of the saints. If people ain't in church, where are they getting their perfection? Where are they getting it? It ain't like you can go to a vending machine and hit you a, a good dose of something. I'll drink me a half a barrel of theology. No, man. He is putting supernaturally empowered people in the body of Christ so that they can invest themselves in the people that God gives them so that the body of Christ will be Christ-like. And there is no plan B. And yet I see people... Uh, Maybe it was just because I'm in this text so deep in my eyes that uh, God brings all of these wonderful people into my life explaining to me how they worship. <laughs> and you sit there and you think, okay, truth in love, truth in love, and that means that I love them. You see what I'm trying to get at? This is the passion of your pastor, people. This is, the, this is the fire that is in my bones. This is the thing that has kept me here this many years. Unwavering. And I'm not going to stop. So you had better get used to it. How do you... Listen, I am here to mature the saints. Okay? I am not here to tickle your ears. Do you ever believe that? I am not here to entertain you. You asked me, he says, well, can Baptists dance? He says, some can, some can't. I ain't here to do that. I am here to strengthen you in Christ-likeness. Do you understand that? And listen, he says perfection. 
I've got a text I'm going to deal with next week. You may want to stay away. Comes out of Sermon on the Mount. I've wrestled with it and I'm still wrestling with it. Be perfect. As your Father in Heaven is perfect. What? Well, what did he mean by that? Well, it's really simple. He is a God of perfection. He wants the body of Christ what? Perfect. How does he do it? Gifted men who can teach and shepherd, equipping the saints, strengthening them for the work of ministry so that they can build up the body. You know what? This may shock you, but my job is not even to evangelize the saints. My job is to strengthen believers. And I'm only to do it to their perfection. Okay? When you think about this, and I'll get more detail on the weeks to come. There's two aspects to this. One is to bring the individual believer to maturity. Okay? To bring the individual believer to maturity. That's why I go back to, you can have all the theology in the world, but what does your life say? Okay? Because your life is the issue. Because you can have theology. I know some people who got more theology than I'll ever grasp. But their life is a... Uh, uh. It's obvious they don't believe their theology. The theology that you have will be, as my little Welsh friend said, will be fleshed out. What you believe in God will be seen by others. Had a pastor here in town told me one time, he says, I give God permission to heal this person. And I went and told him afterwards, I said, hey, man, you need to get a bigger God. He said, what? I said, my God don't ask for permission. But see, that is your theology fleshed out. My God's not helpful. He is holy. And I don't understand. Why aren't we all sitting back going, whoa. The second aspect of it is to put this mature individuals together in one unit. I see it. I've been around long enough. I know when people, well, that person doesn't get along. I, I just don't like being around them. Why? They're just kind of rude. Well, you know, their social graces are a little odd. You know, I just can't. That's stupid. You're not Freud. You are a child of the Most High God. And if you're perfected, guess what? You just want to be around saints. Why? Well, what's the alternative? You'll be around a bunch of ain'ts. Do you see how simple this is? And yet, it is so lost. We don't see this. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Now, you got to remember, 1 Corinthians is a, 
Paul's mad at the church. <laughs> okay, this, 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 I don't know. A lot of people want to be like the Corinthian church. And I'm like, I'm not sure that's a good plan. But 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 says, I exhort you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you what? All agree. Whoa. Are you sure about that? Yeah, that's the way it's written. That you all agree. And that there is no division among you, but that you be made complete. You know what that complete word is? Perfect. In the same mind and the same judgment. Now listen, the Corinthians... I read a book, a little bitty book, and it was called The Corinthian Catastrophe. And I mean, it, it summarized... There's four letters to the Corinthians. We only have two. But it basically summarized the whole issue. God did it really fast. And yeah, catastrophe was amazing. I was, yeah, it was a mess. And yet, it was still a church. And Paul says, I want you all to agree and be of the same mind. I want you to be perfectly joined together. The perfection of the saints is not only an individual saint maturing. It is the collective unity of the whole body. Each of you has a part in the body of Christ. My responsibility because of what God has called me to is to take each and every one of you and strengthen you. So that you can be folded into the body of Christ to strengthen other people. That's my responsibility. And it is a collective unity of the whole body. And listen, brothers and sisters, guess what? That's why I say that this is the heart of ministry. This is what each and every brother and sister in Christ should be striving for. One, their maturity. My own personal maturity. I need to grow. Two, I need to help other people grow. Some of you were with us when we were in Wednesday nights doing 1 Timothy. Right? And... Uh, why I do what I do, because in 1 Timothy chapter 2, or wait, chapter 3, verse 15, in case I am delayed, I write so that you know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God. Okay, where's the household of God? Church. How do you conduct yourself in the household of God? Which is the church of the living God. The church of the living God is what? The pillar and support of truth. If you're going to conduct yourself adequately in the body of Christ, the church, the household of God, then you had better have a foundation and a pillar of truth. Truth. I just seen a quote the other day. It came through. It says, I am not here. 
to deal, to give you my opinion. I am here to give you truth. Because everyone in this room has an opinion. And God don't care. Okay? How in the world do I conduct myself in the body of Christ? I have to be the foundation and the pillar of truth. How do I do that? I instill myself with gifted men, pastor, teachers, and evangelists have been affected my life over the decades, and they have pushed me to truth, and the more they push me to truth, the more I push others to truth. As others strengthen me, I strengthen others. How does that happen? The perfecting of the saints? Gifted men, evangelists, teaching pastors. Listen. Anything other that a pastor does, other than perfecting the saints, is not God's purpose. I mean, I hear stuff now. Oh, we have an administrative pastor. Well, what the heck is that? I don't know what that is. What is that? We have a worship pastor. What is it you do? Because there's only one thing that a teaching pastor should do. Strengthen the saints for the work of ministry. So in the next few weeks, we see this perfecting in verse 12. And you'll see that it deals with equipping, it deals with service, and it deals with building up. That's what it's about. That is what perfection is. I hear a whole bunch of people saying, I am mature in Christ, or I want to be mature in Christ. You better be doing those three, or you're not mature. So you better be at least moving that direction. So that's where we're going. It's a blast. It is a, it is a blast. Okay, let's pray. Father, you and you alone, it is your church. We are here being knit together to the, fulfill, to the fulfillment of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ in a lost and dying world. Father, help each of us. Help each of us to bow our knee in humility. That we understand that it ain't about us. It ain't our ways. It is your ways. Father, let us bow before your word. Let us bow in prayer. And let us bear the burdens of one another as we continue to strengthen for the race that is set before us. Let us not be entangled by the things of this world. But let us run to win. Let us train to win, to be victorious. Father, we praise you. We thank you. In Christ's name, amen.